0: Exodus chapter 2. Praise God. Oh, I feel the presence of God in this place tonight. Amen. We haven't quite got to the high praise yet, but we'll get there. Thank God. Amen. You'd make me feel real comfortable if you just go ahead and worship God like you know you can and you should. Hallelujah. The Lord inhabits the praises of His people, that means young people. You know, overseas, we'd have people worship God over there. They're just coming in the church and excited. And I mean, we've been at places in at times where they worship the Lord 45 minutes to an hour at a time. And uh, we'd actually have to have the ushers go down the aisles and say, hush, 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 time for the preaching. Hush, hush, hush. Praise God, and still some of them would really get with it. Wouldn't that be something if we had to go, hush, 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 hush? That would be Wouldn't it be something if we got that kind of an atmosphere of praise? We'd have to say, shut up, I want to preach. Hallelujah. Why don't we go ahead and just give the Lord some applause and see how it works? Praise God. Hallelujah,
1: hallelujah, hallelujah.
0: Praise you Jesus. Praise you Jesus. Why don't you just hush? Why don't you just hush?
1: Ma 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 ma. Hallelujah, hallelujah,
0: hallelujah. My, 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 I'll tell you what, if we really worship God, anything can happen. Hallelujah, we'll be healed, we'll be set free. There'll be deliverance in this place tonight. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah to the Lord. I thank you for hushing. Praise God.
1: Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
0: Bless the Lord, O my soul. Exodus chapter 2 and verse 1. And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi, and the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could not longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. The child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses, and she said, Because I drew him out of the water. One more verse of Scripture, a little passage here in Matthew chapter 16, beginning to read at the 13th verse. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say, Thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, so one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon bar for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Hallelujah. And everybody said, Praise the Lord. One time, let's raise our hands and let's really ask the Lord to talk to us tonight in the next few minutes. Let's pray that the Lord will anoint our ears and anoint our minds. Give us understanding tonight. Praise God. We want to receive something special from you tonight, oh God. We need your special touch, oh God. Hallelujah. We want your word to live in our hearts tonight. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Now let's applaud Him. Let's applaud Him. Let's applaud Him. Let's applaud Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's applaud Jesus. There's nobody quite like Jesus, nobody like Jesus. He's the altogether lovely one, nobody like him, nobody like him. Hallelujah, God bless you, you may be seated. I think most of you know the story. The Pharaoh's killing all of the little boy babies, and there was a little Hebrew slave mama by the name of Jochebed that refused to believe that the Pharaoh was going to get her little boy. And so probably with her own hands, she made a little basket. She lined it with faith and with prayer and with pitch. She put the little guy inside and then took him down by the river and set him afloat among the bulrushes and then posted elder sister Miriam to look after him to see that everything would be all right. The princess comes with her attendants to bathe. The princess sees the strange little vessel lying at her anchor, and her curiosity is aroused, and she says to one of her attendants, she said, fetch that little thing to me, and they bring it to her, and had a little cover on it, and they opened it up, and they looked inside. They were shocked, because inside that little basket was a baby. I mean, a real, live baby. I mean, he was waving dimpled hands and kicking chubby feet, and he was probably crying. And immediately that vessel becomes a battleship as uh, the tears of little baby Moses begins to pelt at that mean old princess. And oh, I think princess gathers the little baby up into her arms, and she begins to, to rock him in her arms. And she says, there, there, baby, don't you cry. Everything's going to be okay,
1: Shh. Hush, baby, don't you cry? You're hmm. a little baby. Coochie, you coochie, coochie, coochie.
0: You're a little darling. You know, there's something about a baby that can bring a smile to the face of the sourpussest of sourpusses. A baby, you'll do it every time. Yeah. Oh, baby, sweet little darling. Man, I wonder where this little guy came from. Man, just out here all by himself. Hmm. He looks like a Jew. Tell by the nose.
1: <laughs>
0: Don't cry, baby. That mean old Pharaoh, he ain't going to get you because you see, he's my daddy. <laughs> I'm going to take you for my very own. And all the while, this is going on. Two eyes are looking out from somewhere. They're the eyes of Miriam. And a strange daring takes possession of her heart. And she leaps out from her hiding place. She says, my lady, may I find a nursemaid to look after uh, 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 your baby? You know, the hand of Jehovah God was on that scene right there. Hallelujah. God knows what He's doing. Hallelujah. And the princess did not despise the little girl. And she said, yes,
1: you may find a nursemaid for my baby.
0: And so, Marian, she ran as fast as her little Hebrew legs could carry her. And she burst into the door, not of a beautiful home, not even of a nice middle class home, but a humble little hovel where Jewish slave Parents lived. She burst into the door. She said, Mama, Mama, guess what? Princess. That's what I said, Mama. Princess has found baby brother. And I asked her if she needed a nursemaid for the baby. And she said, yes. And now, Mama, we can have baby brother back for our very own again. Oh, man. I've never been a mama, but I've been close to one. I believe the heart of Jacob had leaped within her her little baby! Hallelujah! God was taking care of my baby! Praise God! I believe tears started coming down her cheeks. And she ran out the door. She's going to go down to meet the princess. Hallelujah. she's running. And while she's running, her lips are moving. She's saying, Blessed be the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Israel, who has heard my prayer and has seen my faith.
1: Hallelujah.
0: And Jacobed runs up. To royalty. She's now standing trembling in the presence of the princess. She's never been that close to royalty before. Her head is bowed. The princess is holding her flesh and blood. And now the princess is handing over that precious bundle of immortality back into the arms of its own mama. And she's speaking haughtily because it becomes the rank of the princess to speak haughtily to nothing but a slave. And so probably what we read here tonight is the way the princess said it as she is handing the baby
1: over. She says, Take this child away and nurse it for me and I'll Give
0: you your wages. Yolkinbet tried not to laugh. She could hardly believe what she's hearing. Take this child away and nurse it for me. Gladly, it's my kid. And she says, "I'll give you your wages." Oh. Yucca had tried to conceal her great joy. But in her heart, she's communicating with Jehovah. She's saying, oh, isn't that just like Jehovah? Not only is he giving my baby back to me, but he's going to pay me for keeping him. Ah! <laughs> Applause for Jehovah. <laughs> Applause for the king. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you that Jehovah God that was alive then is alive now. Hallelujah. He's my God. And He's worthy of applause. So, Jochebed takes baby home. So now we're going to give you a name. We're going to call you Moses because you're a miracle baby. Moses simply means, I drew you out of the water. You're a miracle baby, Moses. Yeah. She says to Daddy and
1: the other kids,
0: Yeah, you can go work in the fields. You're slaves, you don't get paid. I'm, not, I'm now under the employ of the palace. I get to watch little snookums here. Uh-huh. And I'm going to get paid for it. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, they go work, and Jacob's got a new job. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you, friend. Jochebit did not know how long she was going to have Moses. So she had to make good use of her time. Amen. As long as I got this little boy, I'm going to instill righteous principles in him. I'm going to let him know who the one true God is. I'm going to let him know about Mama's God. Hallelujah. I'm going to rock him in my arms. And I'm going to tell him about Jehovah God. Hallelujah. Moses, listen to Mama. Listen to Mama. Listen, Moses. You're going to go to Egypt sometime. You're going to go to the palace. I want you to know what Mama's telling you. Before he was old enough to know what was going on, she was putting it in his ear. You see those big old hideous gods of the Egyptians, Moses? They're not gods at all. You got to understand something, Moses. Those great big old gods that they make—they got these great big mouths with big jagged teeth. They can't talk out of those things, Moses. You see those great big eyes. They can't see out of those things, Moses. And you see those great big cauliflower ears? They can't hear out of those things. Moses, you've got to understand something. There's no flesh heart that beats in their stone chest. They're just products of men's hands. Moses, listen to mama. Listen to mama. Don't you ever forget what I'm about to say in your ear. Hear how Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord.
1: Applause for Jehovah Applause
0: for Jehovah My God is one One Hallelujah Moses, listen to mama We've been in slavery for a long time but that don't make no difference. Jehovah God's still God. You gotta understand something, Moses. We're not always going to be under Egyptian bodies. One of these days, God's gonna raise up a deliverer among us. Moses, when you go off to the big university, you're not gonna forget Mama's God, are you? Moses, you gotta understand. Jehovah God is God. He's the God of the universe. He's the God that made us. Don't forget.
1: Mama's God, Moses. Don't ever forget.
0: He's now a big, broad-shouldered man now. He trusts in a big, broad-shouldered God. He's got a big, broad-shouldered faith. And he walks out that door. And somehow God gives Moses the strength and the ability to pick up and enslave people and carry them clean across the wilderness. Hallelujah. Because God miraculously drew him out of the water. Thank God. But it didn't happen overnight. I believe that Moses, for the years he was in the palace, yet yeah, he had very high rank. He was next to the Pharaoh. You know that? He could have had any fair maiden in the land. He could have had anything he wanted to. But I believe that every day, Moses looked over into the land of Goshen. He said, that's my people. That's my people. I can't get away from my mama's God. I can't get away from hero Israel. The Lord our God. His one Lord. Hallelujah. It was in Him. It was a part of Him. It was there. He couldn't forsake it. He couldn't get away from it. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. You know, we need to fall in love with the one God doctrine. We need to fall in love with it. We need to understand that we're different. We're one God people. We're Jesus' name people. Hallelujah. It better be in us. Hallelujah. The old pious Jews, when they would come into their house, before they would ever go into their house, or before they would leave for the day, there was a little box attached to the outside of their doorpost. It was called the mezuzah. And inside that little box, there was a little piece of parchment called the Shema, which was written, Here, O Israel. The Lord our God is one Hallelujah And before he'd go out for the day He'd go and he'd pick up that parchment And he'd touch it to his lips And he would repeat the words "Here, O Israel The Lord our God is one And he would go throughout his business He would not go inside his house Until he would come He'd come to the mezuzah He would take out the parchment The Shema He would kiss much the Shema, and he would repeat the words, hear O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you, the Jews know that there's only one God, and I'm here to tell you, the one God apostolics know that there is one God. Hallelujah. Thank God we're the head of the Jews. The Jews rejected Jesus Christ. We have... Hallelujah! A revelation of who He is! I'm here to tell you, the babe that was born in Bethlehem's manger, Hallelujah!
1: Is the Messiah!
0: Come on, a pause! One day, Moses couldn't take it anymore, Brother Cantrell. Couldn't take it anymore. Josephus tells us that Moses became the greatest military strategist and leader of all time, up to that time. Moses was a mighty leader. He had everything that anybody could have wanted. Absolute... Fool, by worldly standards, to turn your back and walk away from it. But he couldn't get away from Hero Israel. The Lord our God is one. He couldn't get away that they were a separated people. Hallelujah. That they were a holy people. Hallelujah. That they were a called people. That they were God's chosen people. He couldn't get away from it, Sister Clark. Hallelujah. So one day, Moses made a decision. I'm going to choose to suffer affliction. With the people of God, than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Hallelujah! There's nothing in this old world that I want. I don't need another high. I don't need. I don't need another stuff. I don't need any more alcohol. I don't need anything that this world has to offer. Hallelujah. I've got to turn my back on it. I've got to choose to suffer affliction with the one God people than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Hallelujah. Take this whole world. Just give me Jesus. Take this whole world. Just give me Jesus. Come on, applause. Hope you all got a little time tonight. Y'all got a little time? Something's gonna happen. Look at your neighbor and say, something's gonna happen. Hallelujah. There's a spirit of revelation that's gonna come into this room tonight. A spirit of revelation. Hallelujah. We've needed it for so long. Hallelujah. There's some people in this room, some young people, if we would interview you, some of you have doubts. Some of you have misunderstandings. Some of you have anxieties about what you believe. We need to pray right now that the spirit of revelation will come into this room. Hallelujah. And that God will reveal Himself to us so that when we leave this place, we'll have a clear understanding. Hallelujah. About who we are and who He is and where we're going. Hallelujah. We'll walk out of this place with purpose, with our face set like a flint. There's nothing that's going to detour us. Nobody is gonna pluck us out of the Father's hand because we're one God, tongue-talking, apostolic, Holy Ghost filled, young people.
1: Oh, shakalabah.
0: So Moses left it all. And he went to the back side of the desert. And for 40 years, he tended sheep. It is my opinion, this is only my opinion, that when Moses was in the palace, he was not a man that was really slow of speech. I don't believe he really stuttered a lot then. I believe after 40 years tending sheep, he learned to stutter. Praise God. Wouldn't you... Forty years, all you're hearing is sheep, you know. So the only language Moses knew how to speak after forty years was. That was it. So after forty years, and he's eighty years old, imagine, forty years, everything is just you know God strips him of everything he ever used to be and what have you. He just made a decision, and he stuck with it. He's now an old man. He's over the hill. Uh-huh. And a day, just like any other day, a voice comes from heaven. Moses! And Moses goes, Careful. I'm an old man. He looks over and there's a bush. It's burning. But it don't burn up. And there's angels. He's over. What's going on? And the Lord says, Take off your shoes, Moses. The ground, you're standing on is Holy ground. The Lord says, Moses, I want you. <gasps> Moses, I mean, he was absolutely dumbfounded. The Lord says, I want you, Moses, to go down and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Moses says, Who, me? So I'm not talking to the sheep, I'm talking to you. You know, I think Moses, Moses argued for a while. I think he said to the Lord, Lord, this is a clear case of mistaken identity. You don't really want me. I'm a nothing. I'm a nobody. You know, do you ever have somebody point at you in a crowd, you know, and they want you? And you go. You get immediately petrified. You, you really want me? Why would you want a little old... Insignificant, nothing. I'm a nothing. I'm a nobody, even. There's some of you here. The devil's got you on some kind of a trip. (gasps) Making you think that you are nothing, you can't do nothing, you're not as pretty as the other person. You're not as handsome as the other person. You're not as talented as the other person. You can't do this and you can't do that. And so you go around and you say, I can't do this and I can't do that. I just can't. Or you've had other people that haven't had confidence in you and they put it in you. You can't do this. You can't do that. You're not you this. You're this. you this. You have to listen to all of that.
1: Hallelujah. I'm
0: here to tell you, my God's got his eye on somebody here tonight. And it's not a case of mistaken identity. He wants you. He wants you. And he wants you. Hallelujah. You've got a willing heart. And you're willing to dedicate yourself to him. He's going to use you. He's going to use you. Come on. Do you believe it?
1: Come on. Applause, applause, applause.
0: Yeah, you just an old nobody. That's what Moses said. Here am I, Lord, but who am I? That's what he said when the Lord called him. Here am I, but who am I? Everybody go, who am I? You didn't do it. Who am I? You see, I can tell the ones that feel a little inferior. You can't even do that. Oh, but you can, you see. Hallelujah. Say, well, I don't want to look like a fool like you. Oh, I just love being a fool for Jesus. I got over that business a long time ago. Hallelujah. Listen, friend. When our apostolic young people ever come out of their corner... When they stand up and say, I don't care, I'll be a fool for Christ's sake. Hallelujah. We're going to go get them, Charlie. We're going to have a revival like we never had a revival. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation.
1: God's fixing fixing to call somebody here tonight.
0: But I'm just a little nobody. Let me tell you something about God's nobodies. God delights in picking up nobodies and making somebodies out of them. Hallelujah. You want to be a somebody? My God's going to make you a somebody tonight. Just get on His wheel. He's the potter. You're the clay. Let Him spin that wheel. Let Him put His hands on you. Let Him apply pressure. Let Him mold you and fashion you into the tool that He wants you to be. Come on, applause, applause.
1: Uh, you know,
0: the Lord must have shook His hand at old Moses. <laughs> Moses, you know, had all these alibis. Here my Lord, but they won't listen to me. In other words, nobody's, nobody wants what i got. I'm here to tell you, people knew what you've got. Everybody wants what you've got. You think the world is happy living the way they're living? That little fleeting pleasure in sin and they find out there ain't nothing to it? They want what you got. Don't be backward about this. Stand up for Jesus. Don't be ashamed of your salvation. Don't be ashamed of your God. Everybody wants what you've got.
1: Hush! Hush! Hush up! Hush! Be quiet! Hush, hush, hush!
0: My Lord and my God, keep quiet. I gotta preach. Hush your mouth! I'm here to tell you, friend, something's fixing to happen! Something's fixing to happen!
1: Something's fixing to happen! Hush up!
0: My God!
1: Hallelujah! Can't you
0: keep quiet
1: for a minute? Hush up!
0: My God! bless the Lord oh my soul thank God we are somebody we are somebody my God's fixing to mold some people here tonight my God he's going to do it hallelujah hallelujah Let's give him some applause!
1: Aha! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Who said
0: apostolic young people didn't know how to worship? Who said apostolic people couldn't get militant for God? Hallelujah! Eat your heart out, devil! We got some one God tongue talk in Jesus' name, young people here. We're willing to stand up for truth. We're willing to stand up for holiness and righteousness. My God. Hush your mouth. Hush your mouth. Don't let the devil see you worshiping God. You've got to hush up. What do you think the devil's going to think? What do you think the world's going to think? You better hush up My God my
1: God my God! My God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: You may be seated. because I was blind but now I see I was lost but now I'm found I'm a Jesus free. praise God praise
1: <laughs>
0: God Hallelujah! Holy Ghost break! Holy Ghost break!
1: Holy Ghost! Holy Ghost! My God! ha ha! ha Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Let it go deep. Let it go deep. Let it go
0: deep. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Why can't we just keep quiet? What do you think people are going to say?
1: Huh?
0: Hey, you're making too much noise. Come on, young people, why can't we just have an ordinary service tonight? Why can't we just have three songs and take up the offering and go home? Come on, just let's just have an ordinary service. Why can't we just be seated and just kinda have an ordinary service? <laughs> my God Let's Everybody in the building worship the Lord now. Let's everybody. Let's everybody raise our hands and worship the Lord. Amen. Let's find our places to be seated. The Lord wants to talk to us some more yet tonight. Hallelujah. Let's find our places now. Praise God. I know God's moving, but that's all right. That's all right. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Lord wants to talk to us a little more. Amen. Let's go find our places. Praise God. Praise God. Listen, folks, young people, the spirit of revelation is in this room. And I want you to listen now for just the next little bit. Amen. God's in this place. We're not quenching the spirit. But there's some things yet, amen, that you need to hear. Praise God. This is the beginning of something that God wants to put in our hearts. Amen. Revelation. Everybody say, Revelation. Hallelujah. Are you one God, young person? Well, I'm here to tell you, all oh, Moses was one God. And he was one God all the way. But you see, when God called him and asked him to go, he thought he was a nothing and a nobody. And then he thought nobody was going to listen to what he had to say. And the Lord must have shook his head and he said, Moses, you see that rod you got in your hand? Yeah, just an old stick. I cut out of the brush a long time ago. Moses threw it down. He went, ah! You know what? Some people believe that wasn't a real snake. They think the spirit of Houdini was present. No. That was a real snake. It had flesh and blood and bones and a forked tongue and eyeballs. It was a real snake. God hadn't turned it back into a rod again, that snake would have crawled down to the riverbed and lived with the rest of the snakes for the rest of its life. It wasn't a real snake. Moses started running just as I would have done.
1: The Lord said... Pick it
0: up, Moses. Who, me? Well, I ain't talking to the sheep. Pick it up. I know why not pick it up. Pick it up. I know why not pick it up. I don't think Moses just went over there and picked up that dark snake. I think he played with it for a while. Here, snakey, snakey, snakey. God says, I've got to pick you up. And I don't want to pick you up. Quit sticking your tongue out at me. And turn around, will you? I got to pick you up. Finally, he got it up. He turned back into a rod again. The same rod. Yeah. Now, all of the flesh and the blood and the bones and the forked tongue and eyeballs are back in that thing. <laughs> I don't know if Moses ever felt quite right about that stick again or not. <laughs> but I do know that when God speaks, something happens, and God was trying to teach Moses a lesson. When you go, you're not going in your own strength. Hallelujah. You're not going in your own wisdom. You just dedicate yourself to me, and I'll do miracles. Hallelujah. Do you believe the days of miracles are over? I'm here to tell you, friend, we serve the God whose name is Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's healing in the name of Jesus. Prayers are answered in the name of Jesus. Nobody's going to listen. Nobody wants what I've got. You look at that rod. I tell you, I'm going to be with you. Hallelujah. There's not enough devils in hell that can stop you from the work that I have for you. You go in my name. I have promised never to leave you nor to forsake you. I'm going to be with you even until the end of the age. The Lord says to Moses, Put your hand inside your cloak. Take it out.
1: Ah! Let me see,
0: let see I'm clean, I'm clean, I'm clean, I'm clean. All right, Moses, before you have cardiac arrest, put your hand back inside your cloak.
1: All right, take it out.
0: Clean. better than the other one. Lord, how'd you do that? I'm just trying to teach you something, Moses. When I say, I want you to go and tell the Pharaoh to let my people go, you're not going in your own strength. You're not going all alone. I am with you. You've got to understand as young people, hallelujah, when you're in your school or your college or wherever you're at, hallelujah, and you've got the Holy Ghost in you, and you're baptized in Jesus' name. I'm here to tell you you're somebody.
1: Hallelujah.
0: You've got the power of the Holy Ghost. You can turn the whole university upside down. All God needs is one. You don't need to have a whole committee, though. No. All He needs is one. Just one. Everybody say just one. All He needs is me. Hallelujah! I'm going to dedicate myself to my God. Hallelujah! He's going to use me. I'm going to trust Him, and I'm not going to be afraid. Oh, come on, let's give Him some applause. It's the devil's business to try to get us afraid. We're careful. We do alright when we're all together. You know, because it's just us. Just us. We get out there somewhere and we sometimes lose our, you know, whatever. Alright? We have feelings of fear and anxiety. It's the devil's business to try to make us afraid because he knows... If he can make us afraid, our faith don't work. Because fear and faith don't operate on the same frequency. What you have got to do, you've got to use the word on the devil. Everybody say, fear not. Now everybody say, devil, I'm not afraid. Don't let the devil laugh at you. You've got a word. Now, everybody say, fear not. Do you know those two words appear in the Bible, fear not, a whole lot of times? Do you know how many times? How many times those two words appear together in the Bible? 365 times. How many of you know that my God knows how many days there are in a year? Do you think He put that in there 365 times? By accident? I'm here to tell you There's a fear not for you Every day of the week Every day of the year There's a fear not for me on Monday There's a fear not for me on Tuesday There's a fear not for me on Wednesday There's a fear not for me on Thursday There's a fear not for me on Friday and Saturday and Sunday. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Because my Bible tells me fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. Trust. And be not afraid. Oh, applause, applause, applause. Now. I know what time it is. It's not very late. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, now comes for the part. that I want you really to listen, okay? God is asking Moses to go tell the fair to let his people go, and Moses got all these alibis. He says, "Here am I, Lord, but who are you? See, first of all, here am I, Lord, but who am I?" And that is, hear my Lord, but who are you? In whose name am I going to tell them I'm going? Oh man, I got, I get chill bumpies on my chill bumpies. And the Lord says to Moses, when you go and you tell the Pharaoh to let my people go, you just tell them that I am,
1: that I am. That's the truth.
0: Huh. I think Moses understood that. I am. You know what I am means: unchangeable, never ending, eternal God, the God that made the sun, the moon, the stars, the God that made the sheep, the God that made the trees, the God that made the, the God that made everything, ah, the God that breathed into man's nostrils, the breath of life, and man became a living soul. That God, the I am, the eternal God, the God that we were talking about last night, that never had any beginning and shall never have any ending. That God, you just tell him. I am has sent you. You know, I cannot help but let my mind roll forward several hundreds of centuries later to a man by the name of Jesus Christ that walked the shores of Galilee. Listen, young person, almost every time Jesus opened his mouth, he opened his mouth with those two words I am. Everybody say, I am. It means unchangeable, never-ending, eternal God. There is no other God beside me. Hallelujah. I am the Creator. I am means Creator God. When Jesus opened His mouth, He said, I am. Hallelujah. He was telling the world that He was not somebody else, or not some other God, or not some lesser deity. He was the God. I am. He said, I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth and the life I am the true vine thank God I am the resurrection of the life he that believeth on me though he were dead yet shall he live before Abraham was I am unchangeable
1: never ending eternal God applause 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 Yeah,
0: Jesus is having a little conversation with His disciples. Very important. Same conversation He's having with us tonight. Did you know that there's a great purge in the church? Did you know that we are in the separation time? Did you know that we are living in the generation of whom the ends of the world have come? Do you know this young person? Do you know that there is a spirit of deception that's out to rob you of your beliefs and what has been instilled into your hearts? Did you know that the spirit of deception is very much at work? Did you know that? Did you know that the enemy of your soul is out to rob you of your doctrine Hallelujah! That's why, tonight, the spirit of revelation has got to grip us so that when we leave this place, no time, nowhere, hallelujah, will I ever forsake the name of Jesus, the one God message, separation from the world. I'm not going to be duped by the trick of the enemy. No way! I've met with Jesus. I've had a revelation. I know who He is. Ah, so Jesus asked the question to His disciples. He said, "Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am?" Oh, they said, "Oh, they know you're something special. They think you're one of the prophets. I've heard someone say that you're Jeremiah." Think you Isaiah. They know you're real good. They know you're a cut above.
1: Oh, you're something.
0: Jesus says, oh, that's good, that's good. I want to ask you a question. Who do you say? Who do you say? Who do you say? Has the spirit of revelation touched you, disciple? Oh, I think impulsive Pete's in the front row. He's going, Jesus, let me answer that question. Please, please, pretty please. Oh, Oh, Jesus, let me answer that question. All right, Peter.
1: Thou art the Christ. Thou art the Christ. Thou art the Christ. The Son of the living God.
0: Don't you know what a mouthful that was? Coming from the mouth of that Jew? That was a one God Jew. There was only one God to Peter. And when Peter knelt down, he said, I recognize you as the Messiah. I recognize you as the Lord. I recognize you as Jehovah, Savior.
1: Applause. Applause! Oh!
0: Look at this scene. Look at this scene. There's nothing more powerful and more beautiful in Scripture, so don't miss it. Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon Bartow. For flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father, which is in heaven. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, friend. When you understand the humanity and the divinity of Jesus, it will answer every question concerning the Godhead. Hallelujah. Blessed art thou, Simon Jonah. flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, my Father, which is in heaven. I say also, unto thee that thou art Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and you've got to understand something when Jesus said to Peter you see Peter in Greek is Petros if I say Petros and and Petros means little bitty stone everybody say little bitty stone stone. let your eyes go "Little little bitty stone very small Very insignificant, like almost nothing even. I say also unto thee, that thou art a little bit heavy. But upon this rock, Petra, everybody say Petra. You see, Petra means like boulder, huge, big rock that you cannot move, that is immovable. So he is saying, I say unto thee that thou art Petros, little bitty stone. But upon this rock, Petra, a boulder that you cannot move, a confession that just came out of your mouth, that was the rock. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, that was the rock. He was not going to build his church on the little bitty stone because he said it. You're just a little bitty stone. I'm not going to build my church on a little bitty stone. I'm going to build my church on that confession that just came out of your mouth. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the Living God. Let me tell you, young person, the church is not built on nothing. The church is built on Jesus Christ. He's a rock. He's the rock. He's the rock. He's impeccable. It'll stand the test of time. Hallelujah. Thank God for the church. Applause, applause, applause. Uh, now, listen. What if the Lord asked us a question tonight? Who do men say that I the the son of man in 1994? Now listen, young people want to challenge you. You might not, you might think you're a little nothing. You may not have thought about your future that much beyond what you are right now. You may be confused about the future. Let me tell you something. If the Lord carries any length of time at all, it's not going to be long. There are some young people in this room that are going to be mightily, mightily used of God. Hey, I'm here to tell you, friend, like the world has probably never known before, that's why the devil is fighting. Yeah, listen, we had a nice little service last night, and we've had a pretty good one up to now. But there are spirits in this place that need to be taken care of.
1: There's spirits
0: of doubt. There's spirits of fear. There's spirits of anxiety. There's spirits of carnality. I'm here to tell you, my God's not going to build his church on just good preaching. And then we go and live like the devil. He's looking for cross bearing people. Young people that are willing to deny themselves and take up their cross and say, I am going to follow Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm willing to die on that cross. I'm willing to carry that cross. Thank God. We've got to get rid of the spirits. Hallelujah. And then we've got to go out and do exploits. In the name of Jesus Christ, we've got to have an upper room. We've got to have a book of Acts. 1994 is it. Hey, just think In 1994, the Lord's asking you, young person, the question, Whom do men say that I the Son of Man am? Did you know that in this world there's over a billion Muslims? Did you know that in my native country of Canada, I was born and raised in Canada, the United Nations has now designated Canada as a Muslim nation. Our friends to the north, who was always known as a Christian, quote, nation, it's now a Muslim nation. There are more Muslims in Canada than there are Christians. There are more mosques in Canada than there are churches of any denomination.
1: 1994.
0: What do the Muslims say about Jesus? He was just one of the prophets. He was a good teacher. There's no deity in Jesus. That's what one billion Muslims are saying. Hey, this is 1994. What do the Hindus say? The Hindus say, oh, there's, there there's seven or 800 million Hindus. What do they say about Jesus? They don't know him. If you go to a village in India where Hindus live, they'll say, I'm looking for Jesus Christ. They'll say, I'm sorry. He doesn't live in this village. Maybe he lives in the village up the road. You'll say, no, no, that's not what I mean. Jesus Christ is God, sir. And he'll say, good. We'll just add him to our list. Because they have many gods. Another god is only going to help their cause, not hurt it. But he has to share deity with about a million other gods that's in 1994 there's all kinds of other isms and so on, there's 50% of the world's population in 1994 that's never heard the name of Jesus in any way it's hard for us living in the good old U.S. of A to understand that but it's true there's about 1 billion Roman Catholics in the world, what do they say about Jesus oh my goodness he's just part of a committee and his mother shares equal with him in fact you've got to pray to her to get to him
1: In
0: 1994? My God, what do do the Mormons say about Jesus? The Mormon religion is one of the fastest growing religions in the world. What do they say about Jesus? They say that Jesus and Lucifer were brothers. And that Jesus' blood does not atone for sin. And they give Joseph Smith a place of higher authority than Jesus Christ. This is 1994, sir, ma'am. But what do the Charismatics say about Jesus? What do all of the other Protestant religions say about Jesus? They say, well, He's part of a Trinity. He's one third of God. Second person of the Holy Trinity. 1994. Whom do men say that I the son of Mary? This is 1994. And we can sit here as young people and feel, I don't have any responsibility. Come on! To whom much is given, much is required. Young person, you're not too young to get the call of God in your gut. Where's the Davids in the congregation? Where's the Timothys? You know, say, bless God, I'm willing to deny myself. I'm willing to take up my cross. You give me your word, Lord. I'll preach it. I'll tell it. I'll live it. I'll die for it. 1994. Listen, young person, he doesn't have any hands but mine. He doesn't have any feet but mine. He doesn't have any mouth but mine. He's got to have me. whom do men say that I the Son of Man am in 1994? It's kind of a bleak picture, isn't it? You may all be seated. Now, he's asking us in 1994 the second question. He said, who do you say that I the Son of Man am? I wonder if we have any Peter's
1: here today to say.
0: Lord, let me answer that question Anybody here want to answer that question? You want to get excited about answering that question? Who is he? Are you ashamed of him? Are you ashamed of this Jesus? Or do you know who He is? Have you had a revelation? There's only one God. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. He's the altogether lovely one. He's not second person of the Holy Trinity. He's second to none. He's the first. He's the last. He's the beginning. He's the ending. He's
1: everything to me.
0: Hallelujah! All right, young people, you may be seated. I'm not going to make any apologies. I'm not going to preach. Longer other nights. No promises, of course. But tonight's it. Everybody say, tonight's it. The Lord already let me know that tonight's it. You can forget your hamburger. You can forget your soft drink. You can forget your fellowship. Tonight yet. We come here to do some business for Jesus. I'm here to tell you, we're not the children of the night, we're the children of the light. Bless God. We're apostolics. We're Jesus' name people. Everybody say tonight yet. Look at your neighbor and say, tonight's it. Look at your neighbor and say, the devil don't like it, but I don't care. Tonight's it. Jesus is it. The Holy Ghost is it. The power of God is it. Hallelujah, this is it. All right. Sit down, please. Thank you. Be seated. Praise God.
1: That's all right. Upon him. Upon him.
0: He's worthy. There isn't anybody that's worthy like Jesus is worthy.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. Spirit of Revelation. Let me tell you something else because it's important. I want to give, give you a little testimony of what God did for me when He was your age. I got revelation, my friend. I got revelation. Everybody say, I got revelation. That's what's happening in this room tonight. It's the Spirit of Revelation. Hallelujah. Where doubts lead. Where the old account is settled where we understand that we're the king's kids and that we're a part of a royal family and a royal priesthood. Hallelujah, the spirit of revelation! be brag on Jesus for just a bit, and then we 'll we'll be done we 'll let the Lord take over. be seated. you know, I was born in the home of a Trinitarian preacher when I was seven years old. My father had a revelation of one God and all of that, so he, he came into the United Pentecostal Church when I was nine years old. I was baptized in Jesus name got the Holy Ghost God called me to preach when I was nine years old and It was so real, friend. You talk about being real. But something happened. When I was about 13 years old, my father went back into the original organization he came out of. And it threw our family for a loop. So when I was like 17, 18 years old, came time to go to Bible school. I went to a Trinitarian Bible school. Because during my teenage years, we were in that Trinitarian church again. Alright? So I had a lot of confusion. I went to Bible school for one year. In that school, and during that year, during that year, uh, the doctrine of the Trinity was taught in my class. Now, Dr. Rotz, very sophisticated instructor, one of the top ten theologians in Canada, was my teacher. They taught the doctrine of the Trinity in such a way that everybody was laughing and carrying on at the one God people. They called us Jesus-only people. They mentioned Brother Urshan and Brother Goss and all these people that are in our history and made us look like fools. I couldn't debate him because, you know, I was just a kid when all of this happened to me. I knew I was baptized in Jesus' name and I didn't like what he said, but I couldn't debate him. Well, school was out. I fully intended to go back the second year. But I went to my grandparents' house and I was going to get a job during the summer and go back to school. Huh. My parents, grandparents were gone that weekend, and the first night I was there was by myself. I woke up. Now listen real close. This is important. I was awakened at three o'clock in the morning, and I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, go to Newark, Ohio. So where is Newark, Ohio? I tried to get it out of my head, but it wouldn't get out of my head. I got up and I began to walk the streets Go to Newark. Go to Newark. It got to the point where it was like many voices going around in my head. Go to Newark. 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 I didn't even know where Newark was. I was 18 years old. I went back to the house and I said, Lord, I can't, I, can't, I can't go to Newark. I said, Lord, if you want me to go to Newark, I want you to reveal it to me in your work. I don't suggest anybody here do what I did. But I took the Bible. I shut my eyes and I opened it up. And I pointed at a scripture. And I said, Lord, I want you to confirm to me that you want me to go to Newark by. I opened my eyes. I looked at the top of the page first. It said, Amos. But I know this is a wild goose I'm clear. But I looked at where my finger was pointing and it said, and the Lord took me as I followed the flock. And He said, Go! Prophesy to my children Israel. And that word, Go! Literally leaped up at me. Go! I said, all right, all right, I'm going. Now, I didn't have a car. I didn't have a car, so I went down two blocks and I got on the bus. And my parents, a year before, had moved to Detroit, Michigan. So I got on the bus and I'll go to Detroit. I'll tell my parents I'm going to Newark, Ohio. So I got on the bus. When I got on the bus, the devil got on with me. And he sat right here. He said, you fool... Have you ever said that to you? You fool. He's the fool. I mean, he got himself kicked out of heaven. What a fool. And he's calling me a fool. Don't let the devil intimidate you. So, he said, You fool, you fool. He said, What are you going to tell your parents? I don't know. He, the devil starts saying, Man, sonny, they're going to think your elevator doesn't go all the way up. They're going to call a man in a white coat. They're going to say, You lost your marble. Uh-huh. So, the Lord wasn't saying anything else to me at that time because He already had me on the bus. <laughs> Sometimes the Lord does that. Hallelujah. Well, I got to Detroit. And I was so nervous. I got a city bus to my house. And I went up and I was so nervous. What am I going to tell my parents? And I knocked on the door of my own house. (coughs) My mother came to the door. Her eyes got big. She said, What are you doing here? I said, The devil said he said, That's what I told you. And I said, Mama. I don't know how to tell you this. Except just to tell you. I said last night, three o'clock in the morning, I was awakened. I felt like the Lord told me to go to Newark, Ohio, and and I felt like he confirmed it in his word. And Mama, I'm on I'm on my way to Newark, Ohio. Tears started coming down her cheeks. She said, Gordon, do you know what's going on in Newark, Ohio? I said, No. Do you? She said, Gordon. She said, ever since your father and I left the fellowship of the United Pentecostal Church and this truth, she said, nothing's gone right. She said, we've been in prayer and we've been praying that the Lord would take us back. He'd forgive us of our our backslidings. She said, you know, she said, this coming week they're, they're having the conference, the district conference of the United Pentecostal Church and it's in Newark. And she said, your dad and I have prayed that if it was the will of God for us to go to Newark and to meet with the brethren with the idea of coming back in the fellowship, that God would somehow supernaturally speak to you. You know what? You know about that minute, I can see the hindquarters of the devil. He's high-tailing another saying, "Hey you with the horns! Come back. I want to tell you something. My elevator goes all the way up. I'm not two bricks short of a load. Hallelujah. And you devil, you are a liar. And you are the daddy of lies. And there is no truth in you. You think God talks to young people? He supernaturally talked to me when I was eighteen years old. Hallelujah. I thank God for revelation. I thank God for truth. I thank God there's only one God and I know who He is. So you know what happened? On Tuesday, the next week, me and my mommy and my daddy got in our car carry, and we drove to Newark. I'll never forget it as long as I live. We walked into the vestibule. They were in between sessions. It was in the daytime. The people were singing. I, can't, I just have to tell you the way it was. You see, when I was a boy, I remember, hallelujah, the worship and the praise. Amen. Then I got into this other deal. Now they worship, they praise, they sing songs to Jesus. And I'm not bad-mouthing nobody. But you've got to understand something. When I walked into the vestibule of that church, it was like I felt the arms of the Lord Jesus around me. And I could hear him saying, You're back, son. You're back. I felt that same spirit that I felt when I was a nine-year-old kid. You're back. That's why I said last night, and it's the truth, there isn't anybody that can worship God like one-God apostolic tongue-talkers. Nobody. Now hush your mouth. You're not supposed to worship God like that you look foolish. What if somebody sees you? What if somebody laughs at you? Ah! Oh, you look so funny worshiping God! you got to understand something, young person. And I'm going to wrap it up here if I can. Are you ready for the punchline? All right. Then you got to let me give it now.
1: Sit down. All right.
0: Something happened to me in that place. All right, just hold it down a little bit. Hold it down. Let Brother Mallory be the one to holler at right me. Okay. Praise God. Everybody say, okay. okay. Praise God. We're going to have time to worship here in a minute. But you see, we don't want to let the devil rob us of what's coming in the next minute. Okay? Praise God. Everybody say, grand finale
1: time is here.
0: Hallelujah. Spirit of revelation. You see, when I got there, I was there three days. With the dyer, the pastor of the church, about 350 members. Really a great man of God. He came over and he put his arm around my little 18-year-old shoulders. And he said, Gordy, that's me. What are you going to do after the conference? I felt like saying, I'm going to stay here and build three tabernacles. <laughs> but I couldn't say that, you see. So I just said, well, I don't know, Brother Dyer. He said, why don't you stay here with me? It didn't take me long to say yes. And I felt like I was on holy ground. God woke up an 18-year-old kid and supernaturally spoke to him and said, go to Newark, Ohio. <laughs> Hallelujah. You've got to understand something. When I was in that Bible school and that Trinitarian preacher, uh, professor was teaching, I'd, have, I'd go up into that prayer room, and I'd pray, and I'd go, God, I want to know your truth. Lord, I don't want to do what my daddy did, jumping back and forth. I want to know what I believe and why I believe it. I prayed. I said, God, I want to know something. I want to know soul salvation. I want roots. I don't want to dilly-dally. I want to know my God. When the winds start blowing, I want to be able to stand up for truth. I want to know what I believe. Huh? So I stayed. And you know Brother Dyer said, Now, Gordy, I want you to preach Sunday morning. I said, Brother Dyer, I'm just new here. Please, I'm only eighteen years old and I just can't have kind of just let me tear your briefcase around while I, I can't, but please. He said, I want you to preach. I got up there man, I thought I could hear my own knees knocking. I preached a little bit and, and then I, I quit. And he come, put his arm around me, said, Now Gordy, I want you to preach tonight. I said, No, I can't preach tonight. I preach everything I know this morning, and I can't preach tonight. No. He said, Now listen, son. He said, Listen. He sent. He said uh he said, I want to tell you something. I want you to get some, one thing straight right now. He said, now, I want you to be here, and I'm happy you're here. I said, you've got to get one thing straight. When I tell you something to do, you do it, and you don't ask any questions. Is that clear enough? I said, yeah, that's pretty clear. He said, now, come on, boy, let's go eat. I said, I want to go eat. <laughs> I felt like Charlie Brown. My stomach hurts. I said, Brother Dyer, do you have a place I can go where I can just study for a little bit? They put me in a little Sunday school. Room. And here it is. That Sunday school room became Gordy's Devil. Young person, you know what I'm concerned about? Everybody say, what are you concerned about? I'm concerned because we've got a lot of young men and young women that have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But you've never had a Bethel.
1: never had a Bethel.
0: A place where you can say, after I got the Holy Ghost, the Spirit is given to lead me and to guide me into all truth. I'm telling you something, friend. There's a Bethel after the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And that little Sunday school room, Brother White, became my Bethel. When I went in there and closed the door, Dr. Rott wasn't there. No other professor was there. It was me, Jesus, and this Word. And I'm going to tell you, Sister Clark, the spirit of revelation was in that room. Hallelujah. I want you to know I got roots. I went back there a few years ago for the New Strand Pastors at church. I said, I want to go see Bethel. He said, you want to go see what? I said, I want to go to Bethel. And I explained it to him. Oh, they built a new church now. And Bethel was now part of a hallway that was connecting the two buildings. So I just went and stood in the hallway. I said, this is where it happened to me. Listen, when I went into Bethel, when I went into that room for a whole afternoon, I can't hardly explain it to you, but it was like the Word of God came out of that Word and it started writing itself on the tables of my heart. Nobody had to tell me when I walked out of that room how many gods there was. Nobody had to tell me who Jesus was. Nobody had to tell me how to get saved. Nobody had to tell me what the birth of the water and the spirit was. Nobody had to tell me about holiness. He burned it into the tables of my heart. At Bethel, at Bethel, I wrestled with the angel. I said, I'm not going to let you go, except you bless me. I'm not going to let you go. I've got to know what I believe and why I believe it. I've got to know truth. In the inward parts, I've got to know truth. I've got to know truth. Hallelujah. Some of the best friends that I've ever had. One like a daddy to me. Another like a brother to me. Best man in his wedding. Beside him the night he got the Holy Ghost. Now they're far from truth, they have rejected truth the holiness businesses they look like the world they act like the world it hurts so deep because I love them so dearly some people say well why didn't you go weren't you part of the gang weren't you part of the clan the only way I can the only way that I can really explain it is the spirit of revelation you got to understand something when deception comes deception is like revelation in reverse People that have been deceived actually believe that deception. Amen. it's like revelation to them. But when you've got a revelation of the great God in Christ, it's like being married. It's until death do us part. What God has joined together, let no man put asunder. You cannot separate yourself from truth. You cannot separate yourself from revelation. You cannot separate yourself from Bethel. Bethel. A young person, I want everybody in this room now to stand. I want you to stand. And I want you to kind of silently at first just bow your head. And I want you to pray to the Lord. Lord, I want to have a Bethel. And I want to have it tonight. Would you all say it to the Lord? I want to have a Bethel, and I want to have it tonight. I've allowed my life sometimes to get so messed up. I've been so wishy-washy. I've hurt my parents. I've been in and out of the church. I've been hot, and I've been cold. Hey, those days have got to go if you have a Bethel. If you have a Bethel, you're going to stay hot for God. You're not going to have doubts about who He is and what truth is. You're going to settle it tonight. Bambo! Come on, let's pray for a deep work
1: now. Let's pray for a deep work.